The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said to his disciples, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written, that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and see, I am sending upon you what my Father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven, and they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they were continually in the temple blessing God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. When we pick up the Gospel story today, we are at the end of Jesus' physical presence here on earth. And as the story progresses, Jesus ascends into heaven and the disciples are commanded to wait. To wait for something that was coming. Some power, some marching instructions, some sense of direction. We know that they were to, now we now know that they were to await the coming of the Holy Spirit, but the disciples didn't know that at the time. So they gathered in the temple and in local homes, waiting. You might say that the disciples were in a liminal space. Their old life they had left behind, a life of manual labor and then following Jesus. And the new life that they would enter into soon would be vastly different and for most of them would end in five to 10 years. But in between is the waiting an inflection point in the trajectory of history. And this was an inflection point in many ways. The Jesus movement was a creature of its time. There had been numerous resistance movements for about 100 years prior, and you can see that in the book of Maccabees in the Apocrypha. And the resistance to Roman rule will intensify until Rome smashes Jerusalem in about 30 years hence. The destruction of Jerusalem and the temple will forever change both the Jewish and Christian religions, sending them in vastly different directions. I feel that today we have entered into an inflection point in history, both in terms of human history and our country's history. Do you feel it too, maybe? You see, growing up and until the last couple of years, I saw the Bible and our country's constitution as both works in progress, roadmaps for human history pointing the way. In the divine story, God interacts with us, changes tactics, pulling us humans along to see that we are equal in the sight of the divine. So too, I saw the constitution as a guidepost as we expand our definitions 
of who is a citizen, who has rights and responsibilities, expanding freedoms and access to all. But that doesn't seem to be the case. They seem to be moving in different directions. Just two weeks ago, we had the story of Peter's vision of God saying that there were no unclean foods, which was a marker of visible separation for the Jewish faith. And in two weeks, we will hear Paul's definitive statement that there is no difference between Jew and Greek, slave or free. And Paul and Peter together, by the end of Acts, will come to an agreement on the circumcision controversy, ending another separation between groups. The gospel, the ever-expanding vision of God's people, God's church and God's dwelling place calls us forward to welcome all, regardless of how they arrived, onwards and upwards until we finally get to the revelation of John that has all of creation streaming into that beautiful city where there is no more weeping and God is at the center. Our country? Not so much. It seems that many things have been smashed and broken in the last couple of years during COVID years, including my illusions about my country and my place in it. Events swirl with increasing frequency, shootings, national, national disasters, fires, floods, wars, the shifting waves of COVID variants. These seem to reveal a dis-ease, an uncomfortable reality that I was blind to as certain factions seem to pull us backward in time when they had more power and everybody had less. A zero-sum game that really isn't in a line with, with God's vision of kingdom. So that brings me to what I might call the central question of today, both in the gospel reading and in our current events. What and who is church? This seems like an easy question. We're the church, of course. And next week we'll celebrate Pentecost, the nominal birthday of the church. Be sure to wear red if you have it. We are the church, the inheritors of the gospel story. Here we are fed on word and sacrament and sent out into the world. What if the world is already church? What if there really were no walls between our sanctuary and the outside world? Throughout scripture, we see and acknowledge that God created all things, including us wherever we land on the male-female spectrum, the cattle, the bears, the wildcats, bird, fish, butterflies, bees, worms, flying bugs and mosquitoes, the slugs, microbes, enzymes, bacteria, slime, water, living soil, air. God created and loves these things too. Science is uncovering the language and economy between trees as they exchange nutrients and communicate across distances to bear fruit and seed in season. Mother trees are seen sending nurture and nutrition to younger trees. The soil is more than just dirt. It's alive with creatures that break down rocks into elements that are taken up in the food that we eat that we need to survive. There is beauty and order and chaos in all living systems that swirl around us unnoticed and, un and unappreciated. So 
would this vision of creation change how we interact with the world and each other? Would the sacredness of all things that God has created change how we view our place in the world? That just as there is no division between Gentile and Jew, there is no difference between what we call the sacred versus the profane. I'll admit the Bible has its primary characters as us, that we are the central star of the show. We are the beings that interact with the divine and God loves and delights in us, desiring to swoop us up in love and remember, remind us that we were all beloved creatures, just like the rest of creation. So I ask again, who and what is church? I don't ask this question lightly or to make us feel bad that we're not doing enough. There's a lot going on in the world, in our country, in our community enough to make us exhausted with the changes happening and the changes yet to come. So instead, I suggest that we straighten up, breathe deeply and realize the gospel, the good news that God created all that we see and hear, humans and non-humans, that God loves us and all creation, and that God cares about how we treat each other and all creation. There is a richness in the gospel story, and we shine with that glorious light. We have a story to tell about God's love and justice that our communities need to hear, about God's radical welcome, that there is a seat at the table for all, and that we need to honor all life, even though I don't really like the slugs eating my garden right now. But no matter what may come, God is. Just as in today's gospel story, the disciples entered into a liminal time, waiting for the power, for the gift of the Spirit. We too, I believe, inhabit an inflection point in history, a time between what is past and what is to come. And I believe that God is bringing forth a new creation. Who knows, maybe we'll start renumbering the uh, calendar years in times hence. On the front cover of your bulletin today, there is an open door, if you take a look. There's an open door and a promise of a better world beyond. Inflection points, liminal times, these are times of mourning. And also we're looking for an opportunity to reshape that future. This is a time to make our voices heard in word and in deed, a time to tell of God's boundless love, and to invite others to share in that vision of care. To remake the order, perhaps, into something new. To proclaim that we can be better, our communities can be better, and that how we order our work and our play and our worship and our song, all of these can be better and more aligned with God's desire for all creation to be made whole. Will you come and help me create this better future.